if you're not putting your customer first, then you're going to lose. It was, it was all about how do you stand out in this space and all these manufacturers wanted their store within your store and they wanted to drive the creative and the, the branding and what's the real value here for the, for the end customer. And, and I think there was a lot, there's a lot of that still happening today. That was Matt Johnson and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we will explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Might be my first fellow lefty interview today. Um... Uh, it's, it's really good to have a lefty on the show. It's also really good to have Matt, more specifically, on the show. Uh, so we're, we're with Matt Johnson, VP of Marketing at Community America, uh, one of the biggest hearted and smartest dudes in the city, um, very creative thinker, and uh, we're, we're lucky and fortunate to get some of your time, my man. So welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Love you, dude. <laughs> Same. I love you, too. Um, that's a good start. So for, for those who, who may not know you or um, our story, so just to kind of give some quick context. So you and I met um, in my Chiefs days. You were uh, running the marketing group at Community America, and we were in the process of, um, you know, I was like the, the sales guy and you were the, the buyer, right? And so uh, it's cool that we've developed a, a friendship that goes much broader than that specific kind of engagement or relationship. But um, for those listening, that's how Matt and I know each other initially. Um, and man, that was like, what, five years ago, four years ago? It had to be five years ago. It was at Etcetera over in Shawnee. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Over a cup of coffee or three. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Similar to what I've had today, which is like, yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, man. So so for those um, Chiefs fans out there, Matt has a, a sweet gig that we'll, we'll talk about. But before we get to all that, um, help us just kind of understand context of, of you. Jump us into the deep end of your story, man. Give us a quick intro. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a quick intro. I think I'm still We got all to- the time in the world, bro. <laughs> I think I'm still trying to figure out what do I want to be when mm-hmm. I grow up. And uh, Same. I th- but the second I stop thinking about that or, or dreaming might be the day I retire, mm. <laughs> which mm. maybe never. But um, I grew up in uh, Warrensburg, Missouri, central Missouri, uh, for those that don't know where that is. And, uh, you know, my parents are from Pennsylvania. My mom uh, and dad, for that matter, my, he was an English professor at University of Central Missouri back in the day, Central Missouri State University. Go mules, go jennies. That's right. The mules and the jennies, <laughs> the donkeys. The uh, Are they still the mules and the jennies? They still are the okay. mules and the jennies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, my mom would always tell me, you know, you're not from here because <laughs> she, she huh. didn't love the fact that they had a transplant from the quasi East Coast to, mm. uh, to, to central Missouri mm. and the Midwest, the Great Plains. And, um, you know, that, that place defined me, right? I mean, it's, mm. it's uh, the most welcoming place on the planet. And uh, it's funny, I ended up going to KU of all places <laughs> instead of uh, Central Missouri State or MU. And a lot of my friends still let me know about it when we, when we lose. But... Um, yeah, that was my younger days. Ended up at KU. Had time in my life. Met my wife, Brooke there. Mm-hmm. Love her to death. Uh, we met in jury duty, of all things. Really? Yeah. She was a fellow KU That's student, right. but you met in jury duty. We met in jury duty. That's we, were, awesome. we, we thought we were going to be lawyers, too, and uh, that didn't really pan out. I'm probably It's probably best <laughs> for any potential clients we would have had. But, um, yeah, I went to KU. Uh, 
big Jayhawk fan. I got my master's in, in journalism uh, with integrated brand marketing was as a focus in a, in a master's degree program they had there. Uh, and then my, you know, my career is, has been an interesting one from, mm. you know, my first job out of college was at the Lawrence Journal World newspaper selling advertising. Really? I didn't know that. At the World Company. Um, it, it was, honestly, it was great. I was only there for mm. a year. I'm not the best salesperson in the world. Uh, but what I loved the most about that was uh, getting to talk to mid-sized clients or mm. really small businesses where their, you know, their passion, their love, what they did was whether it was like making jewelry out of silver or mm you know, a landscaping company or one mortgage broker, they, they knew their craft really mm -hmm. well, but I'd get to sit down with them and, and talk about what, what is marketing for you? How do you get your name out there? How do we sit down and talk through, you know, what, what your goals are and, and how do you reach people? And a lot of times that didn't just include, you know, print advertising in the, in the newspaper, right? It, it right. was a lot bigger than that. So that's when I learned that marketing was the direction that I wanted to go. And I've jumped around, uh, a couple of different mm -hmm. places, mostly in a, a large corporate world from uh, Sprint to farmer's insurance to uh, mm -hmm. now where I am today, which is much more local community America. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's, I, I say this to people that are members of that become members of a credit union and specifically community America, but even coming to work there, I have had this aha moment. Like, mm -hmm. why didn't I do this sooner? Mm -hmm. uh, because we have a mission, we've got a vision, we've, we've got values and um, you know, our, our charter is one that's, it's hard to really mirror that anywhere else, unless maybe you're, you're, you're a small business owner yeah. and your passion is you and what you're trying to accomplish, which is, I have an entrepreneurial itch. I'd love to scratch mm. one day, but I also mm. have three kids and a mortgage. So, um, you know, ris my risk horizon <laughs> isn't as wide as maybe it once was, but yeah, that's, that's the 30,000 foot view of how I got where I am. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> um, and we're, man, we're going to, we're going to dive deep into, into a lot of that. Um, so real quick back to to Warrensburg. So you're a lefty growing up in not Pennsylvania. Um, the, and I know some of this about you, but pretty competitive dude, right? Like played hoops, ran cross country. Um, what were some of those maybe early, you know, as your, as, and, and you mentioned your mom, your, your mom was like, Hey, you're not from here. Um, what are some of those moments that made you kind of, uh, early shaped part of who you are today? Maybe some of that upbringing stuff. Yeah. And my mom would probably kill me if she heard me say that. And I don't know that she'll listen to this. I will say this. They lived, They ended up moving to Kansas City. They were always going to move back to the East Coast. And, you know, when, when my dad retired. And they actually live on the South Plaza. And they've adopted the, the Midwest. The, the, the values here, you, you just it's can't, hard to beat. Yep. You can't beat it. Yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's impossible. So, um, And I think more and more people are going to realize this isn't a flyover country. So I can't tell you how much we, we love it. But, yeah, growing up, um, a lot of, yeah, competitive. It, it was kind of not a small town. I mm -hmm. think it's maybe viewed that way. It's, it's small relative to the metropolitan area of Kansas City where you've got these different school districts that have multiple schools in them, and it's metro-wide, and you play each other in sports. We were just talking about this yeah. before we, we hopped on here. You know, we would hop on a bus and go an hour and a half to Columbia or up to the you know Kansas City area to, to play a basketball game or go to a cross-country meet. So that was actually a really great experience. But I would say it was a little bit – Big fish, small pond, but mm. we had, I mean, I had 200 some odd people in my graduating class, so we were, we were in a tiny school, so we got to play some really mm. competitive teams, and uh, basketball was my passion. Mm. I ran cross country. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I got sick before every race from anxiety. Um, I remember like legit sick? Legit sick. Oh. I, oh, it was horrible. Like, I remember one meet. It was in Columbia, actually. There were like 200 some people lined up across the starting line. For anybody that doesn't know cross country, it is, it, man, it's a grueling sport. Dude. Um, and it, there was another guy we'd pace each other he was better than me um but he would you know we would we'd start out the first mile or so and you have to sprint like you you take off this 
probably 100-yard wide mm. starting line, and then everybody filters down into this kind of single-file thing, and you go through these hiking trails, basically. And um, this one me, we get about 50, 75 yards out, and some guy trips up a guy in front of him, and uh, the guy in front of him just turns around and just clocks the guy right in the face. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, no kidding. And this other guy and I were like, holy, you know, what? <laughs> and uh, and I think I ran the best race of my life because the adrenaline, adrenaline was flowing, Yeah, you know? But yeah. Um, that, that was, I don't know why, that, that vividly stands out to me. But, you know, I, it was a competitive thing. That mainly got me in shape for basketball. I was a point guard. Love it, man. I love hoops to this day. Uh, it's fantastic. And then I also, I was a triple jumper. I was all oh, state, really? all state triple jump. That's kind of a weird one. But, That's uh, awesome. I'd high jump. I wasn't the best at high jump. I could get over six feet, maybe six feet two. Um, but triple jump, that was, that was kind of my jam. Uh, jumping. I like jumping. Well, and you're a tall fella. I mean, so you're what? Six, two, six, three, yeah, six, two. Um, so that's a tall point guard from Warrensburg yeah, lefty yeah. point guard. Although I didn't shoot left. I'm actually ambidextrous. So oh, really? right, left, bat, left, uh, throw, right, shoot, right. You're an enigma, bro. Yeah, I don't know. My brain's all messed up. <laughs> uh, no, mine too. Dude, back to um, the cross-country thing. It, you nailed it. And, and this is just a real quick aside. The, the Those, I mean, maybe cross-country and wrestling are the two biggest badass sports. And I didn't either. I, did, I didn't do either of those. I, we made fun of cross-country in high school. Yeah. It was like, oh, the stupid cross-country kids. Um, and, and now we've got three daughters who have done it. Our, our oldest runs... Um, on the high school team and, and she won't like win state or whatever, but like it is a, it is such a fascinating and yeah. brilliant and brutal grueling is the word you said. I mean, these, in her particular case, these girls hit the end of the 5k line and they're like in a heap throwing up cramped up. I mean, it, it is, and they run six days a week and they run at 5:30 AM and the whole thing. So shout out to uh, Jordan English and Tim Fritz and the, the coaches there. But um, it is, it is such a fascinating Mental, I think it's such a mental. I mean, obviously the physical part has to be um, tough and strong and all that that too. But the mental aspect to see our daughter work through the the stuff you got to get through to to, con- to continue to want to do that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And my chubby dad bod's like following her around on the five k's on Saturday <laughs> mornings, going, why, "Why would anybody do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, so hard." I mean, you're up at six in the morning yeah. just to prepare. And it, it's all the way down to what do you, what do I eat for breakfast this day totally. to prepare my body and and how do I mentally get in a state of mind that I can get out here on a cool crisp morning where the dew is still fresh and it's just wet and I'm wearing next to nothing because that's what you wear out there yep. and you're gonna go out there and try to compete against the best of them and like anything, well it's also a team sport and a lot of people totally. don't realize that it's a you're you're running as an individual but your top seven you know count as point toward points mm-hmm. for your team. And that's how your entire team might go to state, right? And then you play. It's you know, so you're there for each other. You don't want to let anybody down. But you, like anything in life, for that matter, to continue to want to do it, you have to have some level of success. Yeah. And <clears throat> success for you, in, it's it's really hard to win, mm-hmm. to be the top runner. Mm-hmm. So you have to be okay with knowing your place on the team. Like I might be number three or four or five on my team, but for me, then I'm now competing against myself for my yeah. personal best that week. And how do I do that? How do I do my personal best on this course compared to this course? Because the, this is way more hilly. Or, you know, the last mile is a true uphill. And then it's going to flatten out and I get to run through the chute. Like, it is a it is a exhausting. And, I mean, kudos to anybody that does it. And because I think running in, in general is just one of those mental things that you totally. have to get through the – I don't even know what to, how to describe it better than I, I hopefully just did. But, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things. I think it prepares you for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> uh, Absolutely. Um, 
Cool, man. So, so you go to KU, you start slinging advertising at the Lawrence World Journal, um, and then your first big kind of corporate gig was was Sprint, right? Yeah, I mean, Farmers Insurance. Oh, Farmers was before. Yeah, okay. I okay. would say my my entry into the marketing communications world was Sprint in two thousand five or so, um, and it was interesting times because I was there not six months, and Sprint and Nextel merged. And yep. uh, that was a uh, next tell was the old walkie talkie group, right? Yeah, push to talk, <laughs> push awesome. to talk. And honestly, I think you know, and Sprint was great to me. It's been, it's still great to us. My wife, it's now T-Mobile, obviously, yep. and uh, yep. my wife's still there. She's been there like 21, 22 years now. Dang. And uh, it, we, it's funny. For a longest time, we worked at the same company, but you you wouldn't know it just based on our jobs and what we did and, and how big it is as well. Yep. You, you, we ne- we didn't really interact much. We didn't get lunch together. We didn't carpool to work or anything like that. Um, but <clears throat> I would say it was so interesting. I, my primary job when I came on there the first time was to work on prepaid phone cards. And huh. I'm not talking like cellular, you know, old school international calling cards. Oh, yeah. And uh, in domestic for that matter. And, uh, you know, I, I got laid off within that, that first year. And I would have laid me off based on the, it was based <laughs> on the job. I mean, it wasn't like I was doing bad work. It was, uh, yeah, this, is, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. That product yeah. isn't going to exist anymore. If we can't find a home for you right now, you know, we're not going to. Yep. So I had a brief stint. I didn't mention this before at Payless Shoes, uh, headquartered in Topeka. Topeka, yeah. <clears throat> T-Town, baby. Let's go. T-Town, that's right. And uh, I had that brutal commute every day. Oh. But honestly, man, that was an awesome time. I, I was there only a year and a half. And Sprint actually called me back. Uh, a couple of folks on the team I'd been on before. And um, I, I guess that was a testament to some work I'd done. But I ended up there and, and, and loved the team I was on. I ended up in an even better job. And it, it and I have nothing but love for that place. I just yep. hit a point where I, was, I had a lot of depth in a couple areas, but not breadth. And uh, Media America offered me the opportunity to, to gain experience across the board in all facets of marketing. And it continues to do so. Um, so that, that got me there. But that stint at Payless was fascinating. We brought on a CEO from Cole Hahn, huh. Um And, you know, Payless. Who was that? His name is Matt Rubel. Matt Rubel. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got a Matt Rubel story, actually. Do you really? Yeah, randomly. Get out of here. Yeah, randomly. I, he was an interesting cat. And uh, he, he did a lot of great things, I think. He made us think differently about the entire category, and, mm. and I don't think we got away from the core of who we were, which mm. is we would never say this outwardly. The value, cheap, yeah, cheap knockoff yeah. shoes. Yeah, right. I mean that's what yeah. we were. Yeah, we had sharks for lawyers because why have three stripes <laughs> when you can have four? You know what I mean? Like the, you know, our champion <laughs> shoes look like Adidas, but that's they weren't. Awesome. And uh, you know, but we had fashion brands, and we ended up signing on, uh, you know, fashion designers from Fashion Week in New York mm. that were making boutiques style like wedding dresses or whatever and then we would say hey come create a line of shoes for us and let's partner on this mm. we can we can grow your brand you can help grow ours and we became this house of brands um yeah and that was a really cool stint uh, and I, I i loved it i just hated the commute and like i said sprint called back and um, i had that opportunity and ultimately i think that worked out because payless is, is having some challenging times but um yeah sprint was awesome i mean a lot of what i worked on there was retail okay support uh there's like I don't even know. I'll mess this number up. Somebody will correct it if they hear this. But I, I want to say we had around 4,000 total stores that we supported mm. uh, from corporate-owned, so Sprint-owned stores to sort of the franchise world or dealers is what we called them. And we supported all of that. And then Supported store, meaning like all the in-store yeah, materials. Every, every and bit the, of signage yeah, or yeah. promotions. I mean, if it was phone launches to yep. data plans to whatever, every single message lived in a store. And then every manufacturer from Apple to Samsung to HTC to Motorola – uh, and so on to the categories within each, whether it was tablets or yeah. phones or accessories, Watch or whatever. Yeah. it was yeah. all in a small store. I mean, it wasn't like yep. you're walking around at Walmart, you're walking around a tiny yep. store. Um, and it was, 
exhausting, frankly. And we we were always in a, such a saturated category oh. now that and, and so competitive that uh, we it was it was all about how do you stand out in this space. And all these manufacturers wanted their store within your store, and they wanted to drive the the creative and the, the branding. And you're trying to balance your brand with theirs. And what's the real value here for the for the end customer? And we it's easy to lose sight of that. If you're not putting your customer first, then you know you're going to lose. And I think there was a lot, there's a lot of that still happening today, <clears throat> but and especially in a store experience, I was just, it was just fascinating work. We had everything from the NBA to NFL sponsorships yep. that we would try to bring to life. And, um, you know, here in Kansas city, we, we've got, we had, and I guess it's still there, the, uh, flagship store, which is down in the power and light district. Uh, we had to do some really, that was a much larger footprint. So we could do some really cool things down there during the week, of the big 12 tournament and try mm-hmm. to leverage the NBA sponsorship and, and bring that stuff to life with some experiential stuff. So those are the fun things. But, yeah, I mean, it, it opened up a whole world of possibilities and, and uh, things I'll take with me for the rest of my career. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, and, and you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're much more than this, but you're a creative producer, right? Like you, you, you are an architect of, of bringing um, a creative vision to, like, final manifestation. Um, you're really, really damn good at that, and you know that. You wouldn't uh-huh. say that. Um, but I'm curious, like, I know some of the, the later versions of your work, which we'll get to, but, but Sprint had to have taught you a lot about the design process, the agency work, the, uh, project management. I mean, I think for, for folks outside of the industry, you, you walk into a T-Mobile store now or a Verizon store or a Apple store anywhere, anywhere. And it's so subconscious and subtle, but those those messages are like, um, so, I mean, so deliberately and carefully produced and it's not just like, Oh, let's put up, put up a sign next week. Yeah. <laughs> like help yeah. me understand some of that, some of that complexity that, that is creative production. Yeah. That's, um, you just brought a lot of memories back. The creative process is awesome. And I'm not a designer by trade. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know graphic design, but I know, I know branding, I know brand strategy. Um, and then I've been a part of a lot of productions from photo shoots to TV shoots to what you name it. And I'll tell you a story here in a second about one that what truly goes into it. You know, if you, if you ask 10 people to define marketing, you might get 10 answers because marketing can be everything from product. It can be creative. It can be research and insights. It can be, you know, you name, there's so many different facets to marketing. It can be social media. Oh, it's all about social. And, and yes, that's a tactic that supports an overall marketing strategy, but there's marketing communications and then there's, you know, you know, profit and loss and, and trying yeah. to develop a product and a brand. And um, now I get to be a part of a lot more of that, but all of this information is coming your way. And th- and I always look at marketing as a castle under siege. And that's probably a grim way to look at it. But what I mean by that, and I learned this from a uh, mentor and old boss of mine, Mark Rex wrote uh, props. It, if you, <laughs> you look at a castle, it's got... On this side, you've got the cavalry coming at you. On this side, you've got, you know, the foot soldiers. And on this side, you've got arrows being slung at you. On this side, you've got the cannons. And you're in the middle. And they don't, they yeah. aren't, they don't care what's happening on the other side or this side or this side. They're just trying to break this wall down and get to you. And you're trying to take all of that and then figure out how do I prioritize? Who do I go after first, right? What supports the business best? And then let's go develop some creative for it. Well, how does that creative balance if it's a promotional calendar and you've got four things going on at one time or 10 things going on at one time? What's number one all the way down to what's number 10? Therefore, how much money are we going to invest in this thing up here compared to number two, three, four, five? Um, And then 
let's analyze, rinse and repeat, or figure out what's not working. And at some point, you have to tell somebody in a kind way, no, your thing isn't going to make it into the mix right now. Let's let's plan for that for a different quarter. And their thing to them is <laughs> the most important. Number one. Right. Number yeah, one. They absolutely. Yeah. They don't believe you. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I have a responsibility to bring yes. this to market. You need to listen to me. I have a thing on you. So you need to be uh, approachable mm-hmm. but annoying yeah, <laughs> and, and be right. able to tell people no yep. but not no. You tell them yes but just not right now. And uh, that's mm-hmm. probably the hardest job. Mm-hmm. Then you go into the creative development. It's like, okay, then now what's our message? How do we tell our story without diluting any, any one thing? And that could be, you know, an instance of some time at Payless. You know, I'd sit in a room every Monday with all the merchandise buyers for women's boots, sandals, flats, whatever you name it, accessories. And if it didn't snow in New York in December and boots were taking a hit, we had to turn on a BOGO, a promotional message, buy one, get one, because we got to move them off the shelves because we got to get through it. Or if it it rained all week in Miami and sandals are just not doing so hot, we got to figure out how Florida gets support. Um, And so that might drive your very specific message and story, and that's just going to end up on, you know, printed signs that are going in the front windows of your store uh, to maybe – kind of broaden out your strategy strategy and look at it at a more, more higher level. And it, it's a campaign where you're providing air cover that all these things can live underneath it. And, mm-hmm. and that's really your brand story. And that, that has a, a little different objective. It's really more trying to drive that top of funnel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of time is spent on, on, on all that. I do want to, but the creative development process, you know, is really driven by a brief and somebody who owns that strategy and that go-to-market plan. And, you know, how you then go tell the story becomes a fun fun idea. So uh, I've been a part of some photo shoots where we spent a lot of money and they never even see the light of day. But I want to, you know, when you look <laughs> at an ad or you see something in a, in a, you know, on a website or, uh, you know, in the, back in the day in a magazine as you're flipping through and you see imagery or whatever, like I, we used to do phone screens, uh, phone packaging, and, and there would be photography, you know, uh, picture mail was a thing. Yeah, right? oh, was, yeah. We called it picture mail, but when it was just starting, oh, you can take a picture and you can, you can email it to somebody, or you can text it to somebody. Right? Whoa. And so a lot of imagery would end up on these phone screens, and just of different, you know, and then you're trying to figure out, okay, we're going to show somebody golfing, so we're going to go do this location shoot. There was one shoot once we did. We wanted a guy surfing. And you think, okay, how are we going to get that? And believe it or not, we did it in a studio. We had a guy we brought in. He was a surfer. We, we brought in a trampoline and his surfboard. And this what? dude, for a good hour and a half, was jumping on the trampoline and then getting the board underneath his feet, and we were just snapping images before constantly. he hit like the trampoline. Before he hit the trampoline, this dude was what? worked. I mean, I could, he he was a stud. Like he, this guy was incredible and super, you know, engaged. And he he wasn't annoyed or put off by it. He knew what he was getting into, but I don't oh think he really knew. Oh my gosh! And uh, that was just one part of you know a multi-day shoot. And then we went out and shot the ocean. And we ended up placing that behind him. I mean, these weren't stock images we were putting together. This was a this was truly a live shoot. The guy, and it ended up looking like he was surfing. That's he, insane. He never touched water. That's insane. You know, and it turned out it turned out awesome. And that's the kind of stuff we do. Or seasonality shoots. You know, especially in the uh, kind of retail type industry or product driven industries, you can plan for the holiday. You know mm-hmm. what you know what yep. big buying times are. Um, so if you're planning for the winter time frame, you can you can create a snow-filled village in a, inside of a studio, or, or you can go out and shoot it if you want, but um, you might have a little bit more success doing that but in L.A. versus yeah. know, going up to Canada. That's wild, dude. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, but that, that's, uh, it, it is, I mean, it, it helps kind of articulate what my question was. It was beautiful. What You did a beautiful job of kind of showing the, the, the depth and the intentionality, and, and I really, I haven't heard you use that analogy 
um, marketing is kind of that castle under siege. I mean, you've got so many external, um, and, and everybody does, right? But you've got this external pressure to perform or to be something or to have this voice. You've got this internal, whether it's coming from other departments or, or executive level, you've got all these competing priorities. And, and the thing, we, we've used this, and I stole it from my buddy Corey Shear, who sits on our advisory board, but he always talks about, not always, that's such an exaggeration. Um, <laughs> often, when, when I'm sharing a challenge with him, He's like, okay, cool. Like, what are the people? What's the pace? What's the priority? I think you and I even talked about that on a call yeah. this week. Um, and and he's like, those those three P's dictate how you have have a smart and strategic plan, not just this like reactive response. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so easy to say on a damn podcast. It's harder to live in real life. But that that the people, the pace, and the priority, those three can dictate how to. Um, shepherd the, the the story. How to how to make um, smart plans. So anyway, that's super cool, man. Thanks for sharing. No, my pleasure. To build on that though, internally, you know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to this. But if any one person internally is a you know they're an influencer in any one of those things, if they've got the appetite and ability to drive a pace that maybe nobody else is comfortable with, but they're really mm-hmm. overbearing mm-hmm. to to some extent and hard to say no to um, and convincing they'll drive the pace. And then the other two things might suffer. And, and it takes a strong-willed person, a strong-willed team, a strong-willed leadership mm-hmm. to help everybody understand that's not the direction we want to go. Mm-hmm. Because if you do go down that road, you're going to do more damage to your brand in the long run mm-hmm. because you, you, you just wanted to stand something up quickly. And that's hard, man. I mean, yeah. that's really difficult. Um, but it's something we deal with daily. Yeah. That's well said. Cause yeah, it, the, the, the out of balance, one of those P's being out of balance, um, hurts the other two. It's yeah. really smart. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. Huh. Um, so you leave Sprint, you're slinging NBA signs on, on <laughs> windows and doing cool stuff. Um, and, and you land, you know, in your, in your current role. Um, and, and that's where I kind of picked up your story. Right. But the, the, the job you have today is super cool. I think every, I know, of course it comes with other things that are hard and challenging and all that. Um, but the people who probably follow you on LinkedIn and know about you in the community and have heard you talk um, are, are most likely going like, dude, that guy's got a sweet gig. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your specific job and, and kind of the role you're in and, and the ways that you've, um, even, you know, these last four or five years, that this, the things that you've been able to be a part of and kind of direct and, and shape. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I, will le- I will lead with this, though. There's a reason we get paid. <laughs> That's right. Okay. You know, I mean, you, it <laughs> isn't, right. and and the beauty of marketing and branding is you get to tell the story, but you know, people don't get to see everything that went into yep. it. Yeah. And that's you know, it's and hard. that's the beauty of social yeah. media too. You get yeah. to show the good parts. Yeah. And and so that's it's right. you know, you always, it's like marriage. You have to work at marriage. Marriage yeah. is a marriage. It's not yeah. a movie scene. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And right. and so that's that's been my career to date. And I but it's brought me to Community America. And I say that not because there's anything wrong at Community America, but I want to make sure that. You know, yes, I, I can take credit for a lot of things. I've got a team of people that is absolutely incredible, and I've got an agency and have had multiple agencies over the years that I've been here that have been instrumental in bringing mm-hmm. this brand to life. I've got leadership that gives a long leash to me but also puts me in my place mm-hmm. when I need it. Um, shout out to Lisa Ginner. Like, she's <laughs> she is maybe the most visionary person I've ever gotten the chance to at least work closely with. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes I can maybe even get caught up in the creative and she'll be like, hey, look, where's our brand in this? Or maybe we missed the mark on this thing. And and, and it's like, you know what? Right. I got to yeah. go back to work now. Let me stress yeah. out for a minute. But yeah. then, you know, it just makes the work better yeah. because our ultimate goal is to lift our brand. And because she has that vision and, and the organization is structured the way we are, we're a credit union. You need America. Um, credit union. Um, you know, we're not a bank, although we can use bank as a verb in our copy, right? We can say you can bank with us or banking with community America is the most amazing thing you could ever do. Um, we are, we are, well, I say that we're not a bank. We have all the same products and services you could possibly imagine that a bank has. Um, and then we're a not-for-profit. So we aren't beholden to shareholders or anything like that. So we, therefore we have the luxury of long-term vision and long-term thinking. So when I came on board in 2014, one of the, the probably the primary thing that uh, attracted me was the fact that, you know, I'd worked for publicly traded companies my whole career. And uh, we were worried about, like I said, that Monday meeting at Payless, you know, what, what's happening week to week. There's a seven-year plan, Community America, that kicked off in 2013. We're at the end of it. It ends this year. And then we're already talking about the next next plan. And it's uh, we've had this big, hairy, audacious goal. Mm. And we actually hit it, if you can believe it. Those mm. aren't usually meant to be hit. And um, because we have that, we can shift and move inside of that seven-year time period to make things work and come to life. And uh, like I said, I was missing some breath in a, in a bunch of areas. So when I came on, I was really looking for a place that had great values, great story to tell, maybe a little bit misunderstood. And, and credit unions are exactly that. Absolutely. People don't know what it means to belong to a credit union. To join sounds like effort, you know. And so I get to tell that story. I get, and, you know, like 30% of all people, this is research, this is real. 30% of all people won't even consider a credit union. Just period, out of the gate. Don't even talk to me about it. Like, I hear, about, I, I just noise. Mm. I don't I don't want anything to 30%. do with it. 30%. 30%. So you're already fighting an uphill battle. Now Jeez. you got to figure out the last 70%. And in Kansas City, a less known fact in the banking world, or in the world, not just banking, is that Kansas City is the most saturated banking market in the country. Literally every corner. Literally every corner. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. So I tell this one, like, my brother. And if you work, work in bank operations, you're a VP. <laughs> I know everybody's got a VP title. It's hilarious. It is so funny. Somebody said, "Oh man, <laughs> like oh you are you are you a VP?" Like that's <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, like my brother went to Florida State, and we drove him down to school. I remember this in 1994, three, 93, and we uh, we take that we hoof it down from Central Missouri all the way down. We go through Mobile, Alabama. No knock on Mobile, Alabama, but we're going through it, and there's a pawn shop on every corner of every intersection. That's banks here. Yeah, that's right. No kidding. That's I mean, right. It's, it's unbelievable. And there's one even behind the, the one on the corner. So there right. maybe five, you know, <laughs> that's right. and then there's a car wash. But um, so that's a it's and it's a not it's not a tangible product. People don't love banks. The bar is so low in banking. People put up with fees. They put up with they don't care. They're just like, oh, it's convenient. It's too hard to switch. I'm not going to do it. And yet. So our challenge is to be known as much for what a bank has and that your money is safe with us. There's really no reason you shouldn't come bring your, your financial picture here and your financial life. But then, then it's getting people to understand all the unique differences and why we're better. We're not for profit. We pay out a profit payout. So I get to tell all these great stories, right? From driving acquisition to, okay, once you're a member, then retention becomes a little bit easier just because we have so many great things for you to stay. Uh, yet we still have to continue to, to market that to them because they have a lot of choices in this world. That's, For sure. That's the U.S., man. I mean, that's we're in a global economy. Yep. Like, you have choice. Yep. That's that's the whole point. And so uh, the, the journey has been a good one. And, and so everything we've done has been to drive awareness that we exist because you're not going to go buy a car because the auto loan rate was low. You're going to buy a car because you need a car. And then you need to figure out, okay, that's who's right. got the loan for me? 
So we need to be, awareness is critical for us. And so that when you're ready to make that financial decision, you, you pick us, we're in the consideration set. So how do we do that? Right? How do, and how do we do that in a saturated market when we're regionally focused and we aren't Bank of America and don't have billions to throw at media, right, across the country? Um, so we have to look big, bigger than we are. You know, we have to develop partnerships and be engaged in the community, which we are. And, and we're uniquely positioned to do that. Uh, a lot of community banks might try to do that or even regional ones as well but not to the level that we can because they're really looking at that bottom line. And right. not that we aren't, but we're thinking bigger than that because we're relationship-driven. So we've got – I mean, we sponsor everything, and we support everything you can possibly think of philanthropically that makes the most sense, right? There's a – we can't do everything for yeah. everybody, and trust me, they ask. So we're pretty strategic <laughs> about where we try to partner and, and make, a, make an impact ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate we can't say yes to everything, so we just – but we, you know, we just, we're constantly evaluating – uh, but then we had an opportunity when I met you, and I think it started with a cold call to to Kevin. Yep, uh, yep. Kevin Lawson, and uh, it, and I think it started out as something small, right? It was like, hey, consider partnering with the Chiefs. Like, what what what, what would might, that look what, like? what would that look yeah. like? And uh, I think it took us a good year to develop a program and a, a not just a in a relationship, a partnership that made sense for us and made sense for the Chiefs. Back in 2016, we kicked that off. 2017, we became the official banking partner. In 2000. 18, 19, we became the exclusive banking partner, yep. um, and then also official mortgage lender, official wealth management partner. In 2018, we signed on Patrick Mahomes, but uh, right after Alex Smith was released. Who's Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. <laughs> What's it, is he a golf? What, he's the surf guy you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not a bad move. Not a bad move. I mean, and I can't tell you, man, the timing has been incredible. And then the storytelling that we get to do as a result of, of this, and then also the there are think byproducts of, of that that have really catapulted us. Like for example, and I don't know, we've got to develop some great creative. We've got to tell the, our story through, and that's a challenge too creative. Oh, you sure. Got, not just the Chiefs and not and trying to make sure your brand doesn't get lost in that, but we're leveraging that equity, people's affinity yep. for the Chiefs to to build, you know, our brand as yep. well. And then at some point it has to be okay. The Chief, we are not defined by the Chiefs. Yep. Yep. They're helping to define us. Yep. But we we. We have a presence too. So as the pendulum kind of swings, it's like okay, at some point, I don't know that we don't need the Chiefs, but I think we have to evaluate that, yeah. right? Yeah. But Patrick was also brought in for that same reason. We got him, God, we got him at the right time, and uh, <laughs> and then it's been this soaring story ever since. And uh, and I think it's catapulted our awareness uh, yeah. by like fifteen percent from when it started. And that's how we measure it is unaided awareness, and um, but it's also the byproducts have been okay, gosh, I want to work there, right? So, like, For sure. uh, recruiting and, 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 you know, attracting and retaining talent, the best talent in, in from data scientists to, uh, you know, marketing people to salespeople to frontline, whatever, you name it. I mean, operations, like, we've attracted top leadership. I mean, we are bringing in the best of the best, the cream of the crop, as a result of our presence in this community um, and, and the impact that we're able to make and the story that we're able to tell. People want to be a part of it, uh, and it's, it's working. Dude, so it's so awesome. There's so many trails I want to go down on that because I think um, the, like you said, the 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 front porch, so to speak, the social media view of everyone who knows Community America would would probably naturally associate the Mahomes piece or the Chiefs Association or something. Um, but the way you just told that story is so beautiful because it's like, yes, sure, true, right, not untrue. But it, but it started with this, like, different vision, this different way of, of doing your verb, doing banking. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and and being committed to kind of this fabric of something deeper than a social media post. Like you started, and I, I've used this stupid analogy so many times. Our, uh, my team is probably sick of me saying it. Um, but it, but the story started at the headwaters of the river. It didn't start at the tactic level of social media and like, oh, let's get a Chiefs thing because that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. It started way upstream where, <coughs> excuse me, um, it started way upstream with a vision and with a plan, with a seven-year, who makes seven-year plans? I literally had a guy we were interviewing for a job asked me what the five-year plan was, and I was like, bro, I don't, I don't effing know. <laughs> Five years? Are you serious? I have no idea. Um, so to hear, you know, a big organization, actually, I'm like, man, I, th- I probably should have a seven-year plan. <laughs> um, but, but the, the, the attraction, you guys were already building something beautiful long before we started putting the Chiefs thing together. And the Chiefs piece certainly accelerated and, and amplified that story. But, but as you're talking about that, I'm just struck by like, no, it actually, like the Chiefs weren't some, you know, piggyback ride you got to carry into like success. The, the, the piece was already forming and that maybe added a little bit of fuel to the campfire, so to speak. That's the beauty of the seven-year plan is there was a hundred-page document oh, that had that plan in it, but the Chiefs weren't in there. Right? That thing was written in 2012, 2013. And the Chiefs wasn't a part of that plan, yeah. so it wasn't a tactical plan. It was a stick at stake in the gra- flag mm-hmm. in the ground and say, this is where we're going to march, or this is what we want to get to. Mm-hmm. And then as, as you go along the way, opportunities present themselves, and you, 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 either, you either take it on, but you better have rational, yep. you know. In, in it either makes sense with that plan or it doesn't. Yeah. Does it fit with the strategy? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does it fit with our growth plans? And so we used to be, um, you know, the, the uh, Naomi Rice sponsor yeah. the T-Belts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember stadium talking, partner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, and that was great for us. Yeah. We were there for fifteen years. We were there at the beginning. Yeah. And um, you know, I remember going into Lisa's office and and starting to talk about this Chiefs thing, and I was like, man, she's gonna laugh me out of here. This this may not go well, but you know what? Our job is to bring the best idea that yeah. we think is is possible. And she totally leaned forward into that, and we we sort of I, I will take this with me the rest of my career is like, do we want to be minor league? Or do we want to be major league, mm-hmm. right? Not to say the minor league didn't do as well. It did great. T-Bone's amazing for the community. Awesome. It took us to a point, and then we needed to break through. And so let's go major. Like, And I, I got goosebumps thinking about it because she was like, let's go. Let's figure this out. You know, and then we had a lot of work to do yep. to get that into motion, get our board to approve it. Um, you know, we didn't want to put any, any of our members at risk and put our capital position at risk. And at the end of the day, it, it, it made total sense. And so we jumped in. But even at the time we did it, we couldn't write into our contract with the Chiefs that they would bring their banking relationship over because we didn't have the systems, we didn't have the wherewithal, we didn't have the ability to bank the Chiefs. Mm. They could not, we couldn't do it. In two years, we built a commercial bank within within the credit union. The Chiefs brought their financial relationship over, so it has it has catapulted us into even another level. And and the beauty of that too is we're we're kind of like a startup in that regard. We we've got totally. the, the backing of a eighty plus year financial institution, eighty years. TWA credit union all the way to today. We've, we've built this foundation and then the ability to be nimble and, and we're not reliant on legacy systems. We built the technology and a progressive forward leaning platform to bank a very small business all the way up to the Kansas city chiefs. Like that's, Dude. it's incredible. It just continues to, to re- reward. And I think what you guys, and, and there's not, I've got great friends who work at big banks. And, and so there's nothing knocking the big bank. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a critical piece of the infrastructure of our economy. Um, but, but you are an example of what I think is this hunger, um, for 
authentic, relational, connected, meaningful. Like you said earlier, we, we all have this wide array of options for, for everything. I could go, I could go anywhere I want and most likely probably buy it without even talking to a human right. <laughs> on, on almost right. everything. Right. Uh, the other day, our, our 10 year old son was like, dad, I need some, he's got braces. He's like, I need some of that blue mouthwash stuff. And I'm like, okay, like it'll be here tomorrow. I'll just buy the $4 bottle of Listerine on Amazon. Like I didn't even have yeah. to talk to a human, right. Didn't have to go to high V. I love high V. Um, but my point is like you, you guys are, have embraced that, uh, you know, it's kind of the, this weird paradox of like, you've built this enterprise, kick-ass, robust, highly technical, you've got all the bells and whistles, products and services that a big bank would have, but yet you deliver it through this like really personal touch. And I've used this example, and I know everybody's kind of jumped on this a little bit, but um, we bank at Community America with with our business. And a few of our invoices, we still get like physical checks. And and, and which is, it's fun. Like, it's a fun reminder of, like, the work we do and the clients we serve that they mail us money. It's like, wow, that's their value to that, right? Uh, and I'm a little bit old school, and, like, I want to go drive. I could deposit it on my mobile phone. But if I'm out and about, it's like I kind of want to go drive through the ATM and, like, put the money in the bank, put deposit the check. Um, and during COVID, when the whole world was shut down, we got a few checks, and I drove up through, and the ATM still open. Um, and, and then a couple weeks later, as stuff started to open back up, all, and I'm sure it's your team, um, there's some big ass sandwich board signs outside of the branch that was like, I'll, I'll butcher the language, but it was so beautiful. It was like, Hey, we're, you know, we're so excited to see your smiling face again. We're so, it was some version of like, we're happy to see you again. And I was like, gosh, dang, like COVID articulated and highlighted this, this need and this longing and this connection to each other and, and to community and to real people like yes i could buy a bunch of crap on amazon that i don't need um or that we might need right but like that human interaction and that human connection you guys have done a brilliant job of authentically telling that story so that's my long-winded like compliment i guess <laughs> no it's it's one of the things we're known for there are people that uh come into our branch lobbies we're known for our cookies we've got these cookies that Heck we yeah. make in, in our branches which we're not making right now and i know people miss but there are some folks that'll just come by on their way to go on a you know construction job or whatever and drop in and grab a cup of cookies and a cup of coffee. Say hey. Yep. Everybody knows everybody's name. We're known for that. We built our foundation on relationships. And I don't I guess I think I said this earlier, like the bar is so low in the in the world of finances. And really in the world with there's not a face to a lot of things that it's nice to have a partner, a trusted partner, especially in the complex world of finances and planning for your life or planning for tomorrow. I mean, it's, some people are struggling and they need somebody they know they can talk to. And when it comes to your money, that's personal. It's uh, hard to sometimes embarrassing even to talk about. And, you know, I think most banks probably are approachable. There's somebody in there that's going to sit down and talk to you, but nobody's known for it like we are. I mean, nobody's nobody's going to be there for you like we are and, and really dive into your personal situation and help you figure it out. Whether you've got a million dollars sitting in a couple of money markets and whatever else and investments to, you know, you're, you're working two jobs just try to, to try out. to put food on the table and uh, we're there for you no matter where you are. And it's so cool. Like it's, it's something pr- I'm so proud of to be able to work there and not just work there, but make a difference. And uh, that's not something you think about when you're 23 coming out of college and you're like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make a car payment. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> right. you're, maybe you're one of those people that needs yeah. that help. And, yeah. But as Absolutely. your career grows on, I mean, what you do, 
how you do it matters. And there are people that come in and hit a button all day at any job, and we need those people, and that's fine. I mean, that's cool. But for me, I think that it's much bigger than that. You got to care a little bit about what you do, and um, not even a little bit. I mean, it, it's I don't know. It makes a difference. I mean, what's your time worth, right? I mean, you spend more awake hours at the office than you do at home with your kids and your your, your spouse, a significant other. Um, you better love what you do to some extent, right? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preach, man. No, it's uh, it it it's hundred percent true. It's like my goodness, why, uh. Why would we sleepwalk through this one chance we get? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and and, and full, full admission, like there's plenty of years I sleptwalk. Yeah, and I didn't realize I was sleepwalking, but um, the 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 ability to kind of live this fully awake life, imperfect, lots of mistakes, bumps and bruises, the whole thing, but to live in a in a way that you like are awake, <laughs> it's it, it seems so silly, but you're you're you nailed it, man. It's like why else would we, what else would we go do? Why would we not live like that? Yeah. Somebody said something to me once uh, at an agency we used to work with at, when I was at Sprint. Um, great guy. And he goes, nobody ever sat on their deathbed and said, I wish I spent more time at the office. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. That's absolutely true. However, right, and I've had time to consume, like digest that and, and, and maybe unpack that comment because it was easily 10 years ago that he said it where I'm like, but you but I have to go to the office, man. Like, I'm not independently wealthy. And so if I'm going to be there, I mean, maybe I can at least look back and say, man, that time I spent at the office was worth it. And uh, so then that's, I guess, what I'm always going to be looking for. That's what I mean yeah. when I say I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. Because I don't. I mean, I, I, I know that I, I want it to mean something in what I'm doing. And I want my kids to be proud of me because, uh, trust me, I don't want to spend more conscious hours right. <laughs> that's right. at the office than with them. So that therefore the time I spend with them is definitely worth it, but they're going to have to do it too. And hopefully they can take a lesson from me going to the office every day and hopefully making a difference. They think I work in fantasy land, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the success of the chiefs and the things I've got to do and experience as a result of that have certainly been incredible. And I guess maybe a cherry on top of what, what is already a great organization. And I'm very fortunate for that. And I don't trust me. I don't take any of that for granted. And, and when my kids see that, or I, you know, I come home with like a, a poster that we used to have up of Mahomes or something. They're like, whoa, you know, and get to put that on my son in my son's room or one of my kids' rooms or something. They're, and they just think it's the coolest Absolutely. thing ever, you know. Yes. I'm like, yeah, that's just a day at the office. But it's not, again, let me tell you about the creative production that went into getting that photo. Right. You know? That's right. And all the hoops and, and all the, yeah, the work. All I the got, versions and all the opinions. Yeah, and, good yeah. grades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, what I think is interesting is like those. Yeah, I'm reminded we we have got a mutual buddy Colin Potter, um, who CP. was part of the, the the Chiefs thing with us, and then obviously now on the Guild side. Um, and when he was at the 49ers, he something he took from uh, I, I can't remember if it was maybe their president or or a consultant or something, but the quote was uh, along the lines of like, "Hey, you should have a job or a career or a path or a journey of a a, a, a a work journey that." You wake up out of bed in the morning and you want to sprint to the thing, whatever the, it is, office, virtual office, whatever. And then the second that that's over, have a life that's worth living enough that you want to sprint back home. And, and, and I, I'm with you. Like, um, yes, work's hard and crazy and stressful at times, but, like, why would we not build a life that we're equally excited about the work thing and the home thing and the hobby thing and the whatever? Um, and, and, and what I think is going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds, and this is a – random thought here but like 
the lines between home and office are becoming so much more blurred, especially with like school now being virtual sometimes or all the time and work being able to be done on Zoom instead of face to face and COVID like altering. Uh, I don't think COVID altered. I think COVID accelerated it, right? Yeah, like I think it accelerated what we were going to all experience anyway. Um, so I'm rambling, but but it, it's really for me, and maybe it's more my own confession here. Is like it's really hard for me to have like an office, right? Like oh, dad will be gone from nine to five, and like you can't talk to him then because he's going to be at this in a cube sitting there banging out emails. Yeah. Um, but it's like, hey, dad, why is it six thirty at night? And you're like responding to Slack messages. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, I think those, I think those boundaries are becoming so much more blurred and could be like really good and healthy and awesome that you could sit at home at nine 30 in the morning and teach math. Um, and, and then work on it at night. Right. But like, I, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting, you know, societal impact of all this is like, how does, how do those lines like stay clean and boundaried and healthy versus like super convoluted and, yeah you know, unhealthy, but anyway. We're, we're wired to be connected, right? I mean, with each other, and, and we'll do that in, in whatever way we're able. But you're right, it, is it blurs, I think. And it's, e- it's easy to get consumed by the thing that you're being held more responsible for. And your kids don't necessarily hold you responsible for being a good parent. They just think you're a good parent because they don't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> you could right. be the worst parent ever, but you're still dad, you know, and, and they maybe don't know that until they're older and they, they're going to therapy. But, you know, the hope would be, you're, you're balancing that. That's a terrible thing to say, by the way. But I, I my sure. point being, oh, it's true. You know that th- it's hard to strike that balance, and technology makes makes it hard. And I know during the the meat of the quarantine era here, at least, and I know some people are still going through it. I've been going back to the office since June, but I, you know, by and large, we're not super interactive with each other. But um, in the in the heart of it, in like May June timeframe. I was working 12, 14 hours a day because it was really easy to do. Totally. You just, you wake up, grab a cup of coffee, maybe a granola bar, something unhealthy. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then I go bury my face in the screen yeah. and then everybody know and, and people are maybe taking a break for two hours in the day to try to get their kid, you know, schooled in some way or educated or I don't know, just pay attention to each other. But then they get back <laughs> on at eight o'clock at night yeah. to try to make up for that two hours they took off in the middle of the day. And then they work until midnight and then they're shooting off emails and you're like, well, shoot, I'm up. I might as well respond to this. Cause I don't want anybody to think I'm not working. Mm-hmm. And then this cycle of just, Nonsense. there was a, there was a period yeah. there where it was bad. I, and I know a lot of people are going through it and some people still are. And there's so much anxiety and stress. I think you're right. The pandemic has definitely accelerated a lot of what we're supposed to do, but like social media, I think could be a beautiful thing, right? I think it could be, uh, oh, and, but it's, it's like troll world right now. And I think, uh, I think we just as humans need to figure out how we balance that technology to help, develop relationships and and be there for each other and be productive and efficient uh, versus it kind of it, it ruling us and mm-hmm. I don't know we've got a ways to go but I, I'm with you I think the world is definitely going to change office buildings aren't going to be what they used to mm-hmm. people aren't going to I Kansas City was only about two to three percent growth market I think this is how we look at it from a population, population perspective, perspective. Okay. yeah so a lot of people consider it flyover country, which I, I take as a compliment. Like, don't, okay. don't move yeah, here. Please like, we're, built, we're built for this <laughs> yeah. pandemic stuff. Like, That's we right. like our space. That's and, right. Yep. You know, we, we grow suburbs out versus focusing on an urban core. Well, now you've got people leaving these big cities and metropolitan areas to move to a place like this because it's, you know, the price of the home is, is awesome. You know, you've got space. You've got good schools. You've, uh, 
can work nice people still keep yeah. your job. Yeah. Nice people. Yeah. So I, I'll be curious to see if um, that that can, that increases from two to three percent to five percent, and then at, at what point in time do we become that saturated metropolitan area, and people yeah. start looking to, I don't know, Warrensburg. Warrensburg. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That's right. Um, gosh dang, man, I love I love how you just. I think that's such a meaningful conversation of like how do we navigate the always on, always accessible, always. Um, uh, addicted at times, like kind of c- consumption of, oh man, if he's emailing me at 11, I got to email him back. Or if she slacks me at 5.30 a.m., like I, my ass better get yeah. get out of bed early. Uh, right? Like this, just crazy. Uh, it's crazy making. It could be. It, it absolutely can be. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're, you're approaching that in such a helpful and healthy way. Um, before we wrap, because I could do this all day. You're a, you're a fellow lefty, bro. <laughs> um, what is the, uh, what's the seven-year Matt Johnson plan? Oh man, <laughs> is that a fair question? Yeah, let me think. What am I? Seven years. I'm when you be, grow up, I'm gonna be fifty in seven years. Well, that sucks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> seven years in two weeks. Actually, let me think. We have the same birthday, right? October nineteenth. Eighteenth. You're the eighteenth. Yeah. I'm the nineteenth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Got happy, happy there. birthday, home. happy birthday. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I like I said, I like you and mm-hmm. your answer to whoever it was that was like, "Hey, what's your five year plan mm-hmm. for Gil?" Like, I don't know that I have my seven-year plan other than, you know, I, I, I want to make a difference. Um, I want to be able to provide for my family and, and give them a life. Maybe I didn't necessarily – we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Not that that meant much, but that money is everything. Yeah. My parents were always able to provide, you know, for me in, in a future and stress education, and I could go on about all that. But for me, I think it's, it's just similar to have happiness and be able to smile, you know. Um, my number one – relationship in my life is my wife I probably haven't talked about her enough right now Brooke she's she's everything to me you know we have we have three beautiful children so that's my seven-year plan is to make sure that they're all happy and and that I'm paying attention to them uh, work is you know hopefully able to provide all that and, and I want to love what I do and I'm passionate about marketing and I think that there's so much psychology to it and, and behind the reasons we make decisions and I'll continue to pursue that as much as I can but it's, it doesn't mean shit if I don't have my life with my family in order. Amen. So my seven year plan is, and they'll be starting to go to college. So honestly, yeah. man, my seven year plan yeah. is to build up a college <laughs> <laughs> through Community about, America. Wealth, how about that? Wealth management, by or, community you know, or figure out what, what yeah. college even means for yeah. them, but yeah, help steer them down a path and make them, give them the confidence that they need to go make a difference in their lives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You, your brook and, and my brook are both, um, incredible women who, who, uh, yeah, deserve to be, paid attention to for the next seven years um and, and well said man like it's such a uh, such a beautiful answer we, we as i'm asking you that question in my mind i'm going oh damn like we have an almost 17 year old mm. who's a junior in high school and so she's 16 now but in um in her seven you know in the next seven years for our story it's like yeah like she's out of college like or whatever you know version of of the next thing for her is, um, she's talking about like a gap year, which is interesting. I'm like, <laughs> what does that mean, bro? Like, what does a gap year mean? She's like, no, I'm gonna move to Florida and like wait tables and work hard and save a bunch of money and try to figure out what I'm gonna do. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, but but like, man, college is shifting and and all sorts of stuffs going on. We, we could go. I, I want to talk more later on a different show about the psychology of marketing because I think that's 
a fascinating yeah. conversation, but, um, dude, I, I affirm like your answer is, is beautiful. And, and I do think, um, it's, it's one that like, it, it, that, that is where the meaningful stuff is. Yes. The work is fun and cool. And you, you have a great job. I have a great job. Like we're, we're lucky to get to do what we do. Uh, the proverbial nine to five. Um, but that like seven year horizon for for you, the way you answer that is, is super encouraging for me. Um, all right, man. So let's, let's shift into this, uh, this final five here, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's go. Um, and you're probably not super prepared I'm not for it because, because I'm, I'm going to hit you on the right between the eyes on it. Uh, kind of like that dude in the cross country course. It turned dude, around. Just, <laughs> I mean, he blasted this guy. I I'm mean, gonna, it, was, it was memorable. It's wild, man. Um, all right, number one, what's the last book that you read or listened to? It's my, So the last book I read, I did listen to, which is the first book I've ever listened to all the way through. Audible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, it's brilliant. It was, uh, it's a game changer. Vince Flynn, American Sa- Assassin. And uh, there's a series of those books, but Brooke had recommended it. Because, I, I mean, I like the John Grishams of the world. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dan Brown. and uh, But my favorite author, the last book I read, read was Kurt Vonnegut, um, The Sirens of Titan. I'm a big Kurt Vonnegut fan. I still haven't read all of his, all of his books, but that would be – or literature, sort of, you know, yep, whatever you yep. want to call it. But um, American Assassin was a good one. Nice. It's really good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, on, like, a random Saturday morning, what's your go-to T-shirt? Oh, it's probably a Community of America T-shirt. Yeah. Because I have – I'm not even kidding you, man. I probably have 50. <laughs> it's a thing – it's funny. It's in a recruiting video we did. But we, I think people have drawers just for their Community of America T-shirts. So awesome. Probably, it, it's a, there's a red one that says We KC on it, Community of America logos beneath it. And I think I have – some reason i have like three or four of them it's awesome so it's it's definitely a go-to i'm in the uh yeah I, i'm in a similar boat we've got a lot of guild swag kind of building and it's like i'm in i'm y- yes is the short answer. I, I need all <laughs> i need my whole drawer brooke my brooke is like dude you got so many damn t-shirts can you get rid of these <laughs> um so cool number three what is one thing you would do if you weren't afraid skydive boom I've, yeah but I'm a, I am afraid of heights. Who's not? Yeah. Who's that person? But it, like, I don't know if I'd be. Af- I just need. To, I would need to get in the plane. But it would yeah. probably consume me. Just going up, going. Oh my god! What am I thinking? But You'd throw up like you did on the cross country line. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. I honestly, man, like I hate getting on ladders. Get, get the higher up I oh, go on the ladder, terrifying. I, I really I can't stand it. And I have an old neighbor, and this guy, he he'd get a ladder in a janky position, like almost at an angle, and he'd just start crawling the thing like a you know monkey, and he'd get up up on his roof and. Like man, I can't. Nope. I can't handle that. But um, nope. Yeah, I've got a thing with heights, but I definitely skydive. I think it would be awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite place on earth? Huh. Any any vacation with my family. Mm. Once a year, we and that's so that's not one place, and that's a cop out answer. And no, I, it's a I, great. No, it's not cop out. But, but we take a road trip a year. Okay. And we did it twice this year. Actually, like drive, like drive, get in a we car. We drive. Yeah. And. Um, if, I mean, I'm not directly answering your question, but I'm yeah, going to ramble for a second. Please like do. Two years ago, I think it was, it was either spring, we we did a, I think it was spring break. It was. We drove down through Albuquerque, like stayed there a night. That was a good day's drive just to get there. Yeah. Then over to Scottsdale, Brooks' cousin um, lives there. We stayed Scottsdale with them awesome. for two nights. Drove up to Anaheim, went to Disneyland for two days. Drove up to um, L.A., went to a Lakers game that night. Boom. Drove the north way across Utah, which we ended up hitting these scenic viewpoints. Like every five miles, we stopped at all of them, hit a whiteout. I mean, it was beautiful. And I've never oh. been to the Grand Canyon still. And what I saw there was just absolutely incredible. Um, hit, a, hit a whiteout going down a mountain at some seven degree de- 
grade or something, um, which was a little bit scary. But then we got through it and <laughs> hit another. I-70 was closed um, in Vail, so we had to spend the night. It was like a 10- or 11-day trip. Dang. Best time of my life. Like, it was oh. absolutely the, the views we saw, the, the time we had together. Not that we'll ever replicate that specific trip, uh, but this year we drove to Wisconsin, and we also drove down to uh, – or over to Breckenridge. And, I mean, I don't know. I like I, – I treat driving on the highway like, a, like a game. Uh, the kids in the car and just getting to spend some time together. Sometimes it's it's annoying, and we scream at each other, yep. but yep. I, w- I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing, man. I love that story. All right, last one. What would you do – no, I'm not looking at my notes, and I just butchered the question because um, <laughs> I, I was going back to the what would you do if you weren't afraid. Um, number five, the final one. Uh, when it's all said and done, man, what what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, you know, I I just being a good dude. You know, I, I there's almost nobody I won't like talk to, engage with, learn something from. Uh, I think that's it. Just being approachable and somebody that's your common guy that likes to have fun and might make you laugh a little bit. I, I like humor. Yeah, you you are good at that for sure, man. Um, if people wanted to hear more about your story, follow along, Facebook stalk you, LinkedIn stalk you. How would they? How would they get in touch with the Matt Johnson show? Yeah, LinkedIn's been <laughs> the my, original MJ. Yeah, uh, I mean, I social media is tough, but LinkedIn's my people. I like it out there. I I'm not as engaging on there as I like to be. It's it's a goal of mine to be a little bit more sharing content. I have my moments, but that's probably where you'd find me. Facebook, I get on there more to share pictures of my family and stuff yeah. like that. And Instagram, I try to do the same, but not really that much, as much as maybe I could. But, yeah, LinkedIn, for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Matt, I, uh, I'm i really grateful, man, not only for your time here today, but, like, the, the, the ways that you share your story, the ways that you connect to us, the way that you um, were, were kind enough to kind of share some of the, the stuff, the pieces that you're wrestling through and the, the, the way we're all working through, man. And, um We'll be cheering for you for these next seven years, dude. Uh, thanks, man. I'll be, cheering, I'll be cheering right back. I'm a huge fan of yours, man. Seriously. Like, uh, I, it's you're a great example of somebody who I met through a corporate kind of relationship, but we've developed something better than that. Yeah, and transcends I think, that stuff. I, 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 yeah. uh, I'm jealous, frankly, of what you've taken on in your life and building up Guild, and but you're doing it the right way. And I think build, you, you build relationships, and you're great at that. So I appreciate you having me on, dude. I, I do this anytime. And, we're doing it again. We're yeah. talking psychology and and uh, and other stuff next time. So I like it. Let's do it. I like it, man. Thanks, my man. Right. Go Chiefs. Go Matt. Go Warrensburg. <laughs> See ya. As always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable, so thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you. Have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.